0: Drink it in, man. Touch down the Troy Lions, cornbread, 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 drink it in, man. Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers. What's going on, everybody? This is your host, Eric Ocree, right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Drink it in. uh... Oh, that Honolulu blue-flavored Kool-Aid tastes delicious. Um, On the show today, you guys know we come to you twice a week talking Lions football, coming to you a little bit later than normal. Um, Usually, I'm real consistent with the show, but uh, what happened was... We plan to have Joey Christopoulos, at Joey Sports Guy on Twitter from the Believe Podcasting Network. Comes on about once a month or so. And we were going to do a QA, and a but he had a couple things pop up. Um, it's just crazy busy around this ho- holiday time. I was kind of like, hey, no problem. You know, I'll knock out a couple solo shows. And life got crazy busy for me as well. But uh, what I plan to do on the show today is give you a little review of that Atlanta game that just went down. Kind of my uh, take, some things I noticed, some broad strokes on that game you a little bit about some of the rookies and some of the players that are kind of catching my eye and then since joey can't be here and i got some q a questions i think i'll just answer my own questions i think i'll just talk some generality some sports some some lions with you for the rest of the show so buckle up everybody fill up that glass with kool-aid and get a side of cornbread cornbread make it a double cornbread all right so here we go let's get into this atlanta game you know the lions had a thrilling win last year against the atlanta falcons This game, gosh, I didn't know what to think about it. You know, it's kind of like they started off decent and, you know, middle of the game. It's close. It's close in the third quarter. You know, they have a chance to win it at the end and a horrible interception kind of ends this ballgame. So I felt like they hung in. Obviously, they don't have barely any of their top stars or primetime players out there. You got a lot of young players, a lot of rookies, a lot of guys. They're trying to see what they got. I get we get all that. But Tim Boyle at quarterback, I mean, 187, a touchdown, and a terrible INT. I mean, the, the guy looked okay. I mean, he looked kind of like a backup NFL quarterback. You know, you go back and watch it. A couple really nice timing throws. A couple throws that look a lot better than Jared Goff's wobbly ducks. Because I don't know if you've heard on the show, but Jared Goff, he can't throw. <laughs> I've uh, said that. I'm waiting for a couple spirals to come off Jared Goff. I'm rooting for Jared Goff. I hope he's decent. I hope he can get it together. I hope he can play here next year well i think he's played decent to good the last few games here but he can't throw (laughs) he can't throw spirals he can't put any velocity on the ball it just looks disgusting coming out of his baby hands and it frustrates me every week tim boyle looked kind of pretty coming out of his hands a couple times and you know but like i said it didn't wow me that's for sure jamal williams 19 carries for 77 yards i was real surprised that jamal Jay Swaggy, he definitely seemed to get the bulk load. I was expecting, come on, Craig. I was expecting Craig Reynolds to get some more touches, baby. This guy was playing great. He was running so hard. And then he just, you know, pieced in there here or there. When he did get pieced in, he made plays. Um, you know, St. Brown continues to do his thing. Nine catches, 91 yards, and tug. Um, I, I love what I saw there. I mean, again, he's he's running routes. He's... Catching, he's running after catch. They gave him a few handoffs in the backfield on some tricky plays. I like that. The kid's gritty, he's grimy, he's got a little spice to him. This guy can play ball, man. He's gonna be fun, especially once he kind of gets pushed into his proper spot. So, to me, St. Brown is a 2 3 receiver on a good team, more so a three, a slot guy that can run all the different routes. He can get deep sometimes. And he's just a really reliable guy. He will block in the run game, do everything you look for. So, those are kind of the Lions stars on that side. You know, you look over at Atlanta, Kyle Pitts, six catches, 102. Let, let me ask you, does it surprise you that the Lions can guard a tight end? Gosh almighty, they can never guard a tight end or a play inside the 10 or the 5, especially when they run those little bootlegs or, you know, slip a guy out the back. There's nobody ever covering those guys. Kyle Pitts is kind of a ho hum 102, but it's still 102 from a tight end. You got to tighten that up. You know, really good in the run game. Lions, again, defense overall seemed to be pretty decent. Uh, Matt Ryan obviously isn't what he used to be. He just kind of makes throws when they're there. He crumples, uh, you know, when any type of pressure comes. And he He doesn't have a bunch of skill guys on his side either. And Mike Davis, the running back, seven for only 28 yards. You got to like that. So, you know, just looking at this game, you know, the Lions come out. They they had a nice drive but settled for a field goal. Then, you know, the Falcons get a touchdown. Lions answer back with a really nice touchdown to St. Brown, 20-yarder. He just really fought to get over that goal line. Now, there was a play early. I want to say it was in the second quarter. It's when Tim Boyle tried to throw sort of a back shoulder to Josh Reynolds who is still silky smooth making plays love what he's doing I think he's on the COVID list now unfortunately but man that guy just literally put the jersey on he's out there all the plays making plays you gotta love what Josh Reynolds is up to but Tim Boyle tried to throw him like a a back shoulder fade type, but he he zinged it as hard as he could. So it was just totally incomplete. You go back and watch his play. It's kind of inside or around that 10 yard line. St. Brown runs an incredible option yak route where he goes up. He kind of acts like he's running out to the sidelines, pulls it back in. He's wide open. All you got to do is put it on him on a slant. It's a touchdown. That's a, that's a big miss by Tim Boyle there. And he could hit Reynolds too. If you just take a little bit off the throw, give him a ball, he can go up and get rather than, throwing as hard as you can to his back pocket where he wasn't available. Young Ho Koo, one of the best names in all of football, um, with a 53-yarder at the end of the half. And again, these are big plays, man. That long field goal makes it 10-10 going into the half. There were also a couple things in this game where it was like, third and short or manageable and we got up to the sticks and instead the refs decided to mark it short I mean tell me if you haven't heard that gimmick before gosh almighty they give every other first down every other NFL game I watch these big name teams I don't know like uh, the Chiefs the Patriots The Steelers. The Cowboys. You know what I mean? All those teams, every time, if it's within a yard, they're moving chit sticks. Lions, they're out there with a microscope trying to hold us back. Oh, fourth and one. What happened on fourth and one? I got a guy offsides, and we have to punt. Yeah, we do a fake punt, which was incredible. I mean, Jack Fox, this guy, I, I might want to see him play quarterback over Tim Boyle and maybe over Jared Goff because he can throw. (laughs) This was a beautiful throw on that fake punt. That was awesome. But these are big plays, you know, calling a third and whatever that should have been a first down, calling it fourth and one, and the Lions continue to clunk themselves up. They did it multiple times in this game um, on plays like that that were very questionable. So, second half, another field goal, Lions get another field goal. It's 13-13 heading into the fourth quarter. You know, Kind of early in that fourth quarter, the Falcons were able to get Hayden Hurst on Charles Harris, which Charles Harris played like 100% of the snaps. All he does is get after and kill quarterbacks. And now you're having him drop 15 yards down the field to try to cover Hayden Hurst down the sideline. I mean, Matt Ryan threw a nice ball. It was a nice catch, but I I, I don't know why Charles Harris is doing that on that play. Again, another 10-play, 71-yard drive. It's just frustrating to see lions hold for a field goal and this was this was like third or fourth and short and i thought for sure he's gonna go for it but they ended up getting a penalty i believe it was moving themselves back and then dane campbell said well now it's like a fourth and six we gotta kick it so they kick it he goes hey i know my defense will get a stop get the ball back they did um Jalen, Reeves, Maben, Germ, or as Dan freaking Campbell's calling him now, Reeves. (laughs) He just changed his whole last name just to Reeves. Um, You know, ends up getting the ball out, turnover, Lions, short field, going down, making a few plays. You know, first and goal, or first and, you know, whatever, around the 10-yard line. I don't know if it's goal or a little bit outside. And Tim Boyle just throws it directly. To the linebacker. That's an old rock gimmick from WWF. If you don't know. He threw it directly to the linebacker. And he is now a Rudy Pooh. I mean you just can't do this. You can't do that Tim Boyle. Don't set up in the media and tell me. Well it was a, it was a zone cover. It was a man beater. I, I misread this. I should have known that. I felt real comfortable. That's on me. It's heartbreaking. All this. That's. That's a horrible throw. That's a horrible decision. You you go back and look at the play. There's guys on to the right, wide open. You could have thrown it to the flat. You could have thrown it out to the left side where you had um, – Reynolds running a running a yak-type option route. You could have run any other way. And, like, what are you doing? Like, St. Brown is running, like, a, a post route to the end zone with two to three guys on him and a linebacker underneath. Like, it's it's a horrible decision. It was one of those where you're kind of just watching and you're like, man, Lions might get this game late. They had everything going their way, and then I'll play like that on first down. You just end the football game. It was it was you know frustrating but you know not the end of the world uh, it was it was extra frustrating when the lions lost and then the jaguars had a chance to win inside the what, gosh, they had to be inside the ten as well. Trevor Lawrence should have grown some, you know what, and and he had a crazy run and he just walked out of bounds. You got to lower your shoulders, son. Try to get in the end zone if you want to win that locker room over and win um, a game for your football team. He tiptoes out of bounds. They end up just being horrible the next three four plays, losing that game. Had they won it, the Lions would have been the number one pick again. But it is what it is. You just chalk this up as another, hey, we hung in there. We lost it short. We could have made a play here. Could have done this. Could have done that. You didn't. So, you know, the big thing that I grow out of this is like Aleem McNeil had a sack, which is nice. Derek Barnes had a sack, which is nice. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Austin Bryant got like his three and a half, four sacks, whatever he has on the year. Those are all good things to see. You know, if he was out there a lot, that's good to see. Now, I got problems with one guy on the defense and that's the guy that I dubbed here on this show big denim <laughs> Levi where you at bro like this guy he's only playing 40 some percent of the snaps if you watch him there's times he's just getting pancakes he's getting knocked over the pile he's He's not holding the point. He's showing me no explosion, no ability to just blow around people. You know, yeah, at times he can get under people's pads and sort of get get people pushed around or get upfield, but... I'm not seeing it nearly enough. I mean, it's one of those things you hope he turns it on, but the more and more games I see where I just like, okay, let me watch Levi on this play. And he gets pushed like four yards down, uh, you know, downfield by an offensive lineman. And then at the end of the play, he just kind of gets pushed over. He doesn't look like he's fighting out there. I mean, I love this guy's mentality. I love his size. He looks like he should be an absolute beast. And instead, I think his PFF grade on this game was like 20. (laughs) 20 and you're playing 40% of the snaps and you are high second round pick and you're supposed to be a big penetrating monster and instead you're just getting walked all over the football field. It's unacceptable. You know it, is golf the guy I mean, you I heard some people saying, Man, I never missed Jared Goff so much than I did in this game. But like I said, I thought it was okay to see Tim Boyle because you gotta know what you have. Wait, wait here's a side tangent. Tim Boyle, <laughs> like the reason I want to cut you from the football team is because of why you were wearing how you were wearing one of those do rag type things under your helmet most people wear it over their forehead you know they got hair poking out the top you know they wear it like a, a headband whatever it may be Tim Boyle, go back and I'm sure all of you that are listening saw this. Tim Boyle's wearing one of those things under his helmet like it's a bonnet. (laughs) This dude had it like half over the middle of his head. His hair was like tucked out the back. He looked like an Amish person or something like this was like a bonnet that you would like a like an eight-year-old girl would wear I don't I don't know what Tim Boyle was thinking with this look there's no swag there's no nothing this is the worst I've ever seen somebody wear one of those dry fit headbands with the NFL logo I mean it might as well have been a doily on the top of his head I mean this that that's that's first and foremost second of all though Despite the uh, the bonnet that he was wearing, like, again, I thought he played decent. I think, you know, they must not like what they have in David Blau because they don't let him see the field at all. He's a hell of a human being. He has a tremendous wife who's an Olympic athlete. But other than that, they do not want him out there. They seem to love Tim Boyle, so maybe he's a backup. You know, the, the Lions... Eventually, are going to take a rookie and hopefully have somebody that's sort of there to either mentor or be their backup. But maybe for next year, Tim Boyle and Jared Goff is what it is now. Is Goff the guy? Like, did I miss Jared Goff? Nah, not really. I mean, I liked how he had played recently. Like, I gave him mad props for that Arizona game. I liked some of the moxie he showed um, in Minnesota. He's put a few games together here or there. But... It's not like I was, oh, Jared Goff's out. Now this is unwatchable or it's a whole different ball game. I mean, most people don't want to pay to watch Tim Boyle or Jared Goff or any of the recent, um, you know, quarterbacks the Lions have been trying, but the fan base is obviously craving that flashy rookie, that guy that can take be the face of the franchise. And they asked Dan Campbell, they were like, hey, you know, Jared Goff, the guy moving forward, or where do you stand with him? And his answer, he said, and I quote, I don't see why not. And then he went on to say he's playing a little bit better. I think it's coming along. You know, all the Dan Campbell things that he says. And uh, I don't know. To me, that didn't really seem like a vote of confidence. That was sort of like, I hope this guy can sort of be here because we've already paid him. But I don't love him because he can't throw. But Dan Campbell didn't say that. That's me. But it's true, obviously. But, I mean, all the fans, I think, should be hoping For Jared Goff to be better in 2021, um, 2022, that is, uh, compared to what he did here in 2021. I don't know why he wouldn't be, seems sort of like a guy that, you know, you'd always hear Matt Stafford like hold these rookies, like, well, once he proves it to me, then I'll throw him the ball. Or once I get a bunch of reps, I got to have 18 million practices with a guy before I can make plays. That's what Jared Goff seems like. You know, once he gets a lot of reps with a guy, once he gets comfortable in the system, once he knows where he wants to go with the football, it'll be a bit better. But I just based on the fact that he can't throw spirals, he's not a very athletic human being, he doesn't have like that win-at-all-cost mindset, I think that he's just a, you know, at first I thought he was going to be Stafford Light or be real exciting, and now it's just like I think he's an average NFL quarterback at best, you know, one is on his best days. Even when he has one of those great games like against the Cardinals, it's like, yeah, but if you only do that three, four times a year, that just doesn't cut it. So I, I'm not handing Jared Goff any bouquets if he comes back this week and sounds like Swift will be back. Um, You know, that would be interesting to see kind of them get some players and get it rolling again. But, uh, you know, it was what it was, this game against Atlanta. So let's take a quick pause, get our sponsors in here. We'll come back and have a short segment with a little Q&A, some things that are on my mind and throw some questions and I'll answer them here on the show. Everybody drink that Detroit Kool-Aid. We'll be right back. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. What's the poster said? See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read did PG-13. All right, Kool-Aid drinkers, is your glass full? If so, drink it in. Drink it in. Uh... Side of Cornbread. cornbread. Um, Let's get this thing rolling. Thank you so much for listening to our sponsors. I'm your host, Derek Okere, here on the Kool-Aid cast. You can find me on Twitter at Derek Okere. That's spelled D-E-R-E-K-O-K-R-I-E. Always trying to post and give thoughts, opinions when I can, and also just retweeting a lot of stuff that I enjoy. Um, out there on the old Twitter sphere So let's just dive in this q and I was going to ask these to Joey um, From the Believe Podcasting Network But we'll just go ahead and throw these out there And uh, give you guys my opinion So I was going to check in with him 7 playoff teams And 17 regular season games You know, do you like that? Do you not? My opinion I, I like the additional playoff team Especially for being a Lions fan Because it gives us a, little bit, a bit more chance to sneak in there And once you're in you never know what can happen the 17 games, it's more football, it's more fantasy football. The more football, the better. You know, all these people are going to glad hand and, and stand on their high horse and talk about, you know, how much they're worried about their the player's safety and, and, you know, all these other concerns and whatnot. And it's just like, these guys get paid handsomely. You know, they're not playing a 17th game for free. They're getting a big chunk of dough to do so. And... I don't think it's been a big difference, to be honest. I just think that it's more opportunities for teams to stay in the race. It's more football for the fans. And all that's a good thing, I think. So, you know, it has been an adjustment, both with fantasy football and, you know, just kind of figuring out uh, where all these games sit and how you do. You know, there's just a lot of things that are that are odd about it from a scheduling standpoint. But I just think that it's been a good thing on both levels. I'm excited to see where the playoffs and how they shake out this year and 17's here to stay. I wouldn't be surprised if they go to 18 at some point here in the near future to continue to increase revenues, give people more football. Yeah, they're worried about the players and care how they feel because it is a violent game, but they will pay them and the players will play if paid next thing i have um on my q a was what's the national perspective of the lions right now Of the detroit lions you know uh i was curious to see what joey would say that because you know we kind of know we're drinking that detroit kool-aid we're finding all the superlatives we're hoping we're thinking you know look at this guy man that guy's really coming on man if we get a draft this happens it's all going to come together i think that you know the national perception is more like oh look at the lions and look at them trying hard isn't that awesome like they're really they're really trying and they just continue to lose you know dan campbell is just a yeah, he's a funny guy man he is just he's just entertaining isn't he like he's he's such a guy that i'd like to play for what they're losing, you know, they the Lions are going to show up and give you a battle for four quarters and then lose, you know, that's what I think national people, they never give us any credit, they always look down on us, kind of, and it's kind of up to the Lions to change that, you know, reputation and perception, it's like, hey, you know, Dan Campbell talked about bite kneecaps and stand up, we're going to knock us down, we'll get back up, like, I think he's been aggressive this year. I think he's really been up front with everything. But I can't say that I've seen a ton of, you knock us down, we're going to, you know, jump back in your face. We're going to bite your kneecap. I've seen fight from the team, don't get me wrong. And I've seen an ability to respond in tough situations. But I was expecting more, you know just grimy play and more you know up in your face bad boys football and kind of like hey we're we're gonna take this this new Lions mindset not gonna wait around for you to like give it to us and we're gonna we're gonna you know rip your heart out instead of just hope that we can win at the end or hope that things go better next year you know so I I think the national perception is still they don't care about the Lions. The Lions don't matter. And they won't until they win not only uh – you know multiple years in a row but at a big time level you go in you get a division or a playoff game no one's going to care about that nationally we're going to love it here in detroit or in the state of michigan and just as lions fans but no one else is going to care until you stack multiple divisions you win a couple playoff games you make a deep run at some point you know the lions would need to hope to be like the jaguars a few years ago where even though they haven't been good you know over the past decade plus they did have that run where they were one game away from the super bowl and that next year man they were really getting some cred really getting some pub the lions need to put something like that together here in the next you know two to five years so that people can be like hey the lions had never done anything and then they shot out of a cannon and almost got to the super bowl uh, that would be incredible another question i had is how good do you think swift can be next year you know, DeAndre Swift had a really good year. Again, he got hurt on Thanksgiving. He's missed multiple games, and the, the injury didn't look that bad. And word is he's been chomping, wanting to get back, and they've been holding him back. I, I, I don't understand. Like, they say once he's healthy, they'll let him roll. Like, what what's going on if he's practicing, he wants to play, and you're continuing to just wait it out, you know? So how good can he be next year? I mean... Dan Campbell loves DeAndre Swift. I love DeAndre Swift. Everybody that plays fantasy football loves DeAndre Swift, what he did this year. But the guy's got to stay on the football field, and he's got to be featured in the passing game and... Just be more reliable. Be out there more. Be a, a guy that is is absolutely, the guy's dynamic when he touches it. He's got crazy juice and wiggle, and he can run through you and around you. He can catch it. He can run between the tackles. He scored touchdowns. All these things that I've talked about, but none of that's worth anything. If you play seven games a year or 10 games a year, you know, really need to see this guy put together, you know, 13, 14 Plus games at minimum, you know, we'd love to see them out there more. The Lions in a whole, as a whole need to find a way to stay healthy and keep their t- primetime players out there more. And that's up to them to figure out. It is a game of chance to some degree, but there are things they can do, I think, to stay a bit more healthy and keep these guys rolling, keep them in, or push them to get back quicker or better training, whatever it may be. So I think he can be real good. I think he can be kind of a top 12 to 15 running back overall. There is a lot of good running backs in this league. There's not many that can catch and run the way he does. But he's really going to have to turn it on and put together a big time season of all purpose yards and touchdowns and whatnot to be in that upper echelon. And I think he's got the talent, the mindset to do so, but he's got to be on the football field. And they got to use him to his fullest potential. You can't sort of baby him, give him, you know, 10, 12 touches a game. you got to really use him. And it seemed like they started to do that a little bit more this year. Dan Campbell's like, this is our best player. It's our best guy on offense. We're going to get him the ball. I loved hearing that, and I hope they do that next year. So next year, it could be a make or break it year for Swift, to be honest. Like, he could really blow up and be, uh, you know, one of the top three, four players on the whole Lions team, or he could have a whole hum injured year and people be wondering, like, do we need to look for another running back or do we – are we going to – this guy, you know, so I think it's an important year for him, top to bottom. Uh, what is the future of the NFC North? You know, you guys heard me rant, rave, have a bunch of fun on the show that uh you know, Green Bay was a mess, and you know the smug pompous Aaron Rodgers, you know, you guys know what he is, right? Do I have to play the drop? Okay, I'll do it. You pompous, stock up, snup giant, twerp, scumbag. You know what I mean? That number twelve guy that we always rant, and rave, and hate on here on the show. Yeah, I thought he was going to be checked out. I thought he wasn't going to care. I thought the organization was a mess. You know, had a lot of things up in the air. Of course, they've won what twelve games. Everyone's bowing the knee to the smug, pompous, you know, arrogant quarterback over there, and for the mozzarella sticks. And I just so hope that he goes. Anyway, I would love him to go to the AFC so I never, barely ever have to see this guy again. Like, I don't want anything to do with him. I feel like Jordan Love can still be a decent quarterback, so the Lions will need to watch out for see what he does. But I would love the smug number 12 to be gone. I'd love to see Green Bay hit that rough patch for like four or five years. They're just, you know, waddling and just, you know, trying to figure out their roster and don't know what to do. You know... Minnesota, I would expect Minnesota to possibly have a coaching change as well as a quarterback change. Um, They obviously have Justin Jefferson, who's a beast. Dalvin Cook, when and if he plays, is really good. But I could see them falling off. And the Bears, Joey Christopoulos' Bears, they think they got everything going. They think Justin Fields is the next end-all, be-all quarterback. I mean, this guy's been hit or miss, mostly miss in my opinion this year. He's had a few flashes, but this is nobody to write home about. And their roster's a mess too, from salary cap, their coach, their GM is probably going away. So this is a huge spot for the Lions to say, man, we got stability, we got all these draft picks, we've got a good cap situation, we're ready to go and the other three teams are just looking like hot messes, like in the words of Matt Derry from Lockdown Lions, man, these guys are all tire fires, you know what I'm saying? They are horrible. They are terrible. I don't have the Charles Barkley drop right here, but you know what it is. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. That's what I expect from the other teams, the NFC North, while the Lions are going to ascend here in the next two to three years and it'll be a whole culture switch for the division I can't wait to see it who's the MVP this year is it the smug pompous I might as well play just to drop again you pompous stuck up snot nose giant twerp scumbag (laughs) is it that guy in Green Bay is it Jonathan Taylor running back for the Colts Is it Cooper Cup, Matt Stafford's BFF, Breakfast Club buddy? Like, can you give it to a running back? Can you give it to a wide receiver? It's always given to a quarterback. It's always given to the same quarterbacks. Like, I think they really need to fix the MVP. They need to have, like, a best quarterback in the game and then maybe rename the MVP to some other best offensive player or whatever it may be because they never give it to any other skill positions it's just a travesty, in my opinion, because those other guys are playing incredible football. They should be right up there. I understand the quarterback's the most important position in all of sports, but it doesn't mean you have to give them the MVP every year. It doesn't mean they always have to be the Super Bowl MVP. I know it sells you know, merchandise and all that, but come on, man. you got to have a little bit more open mind, so I'd love to see one of those other players win the award. Anybody but the smug number 12. Over there in GB is my opinion. Last one I wrote down here. Do the Lions or the Bears make the playoffs next year? The reason I picked those two teams, we had planned to have Joey on. I just sort of went on a little bit of a Bears rant. I don't know if the Lions, I don't know that they'll have enough juice to get to the playoffs next year. It would be that year after where you really expect them to balance up. They should probably go from two wins or three wins, whatever they end up with this year you would love to get him in that 678ish range here in the next year or two and then you're rating that playoff mix where playoffs now are probably going to be 8 9 10 is going to probably get you in those bottom seeds and they they do need to compete for that in the next two years, in my opinion. But next year, I don't think so. For the Lions, Bears, no, they'll be totally rebuilding. They'll be trying to piece their whole franchise together. And Justin Fields isn't enough to overcome all those issues they got over there in the second city, Shy town The place that thinks they got good pizza, but they don't know what pizza is until you had Detroit-style pizza. You know what I'm saying? So, everybody, that's what I got for you here on a Wednesday Coming to you a little bit later. Still full of that Detroit Kool Aid. Drink it in, man. Hope you enjoyed it. I'm going to take a break. I'll bring you some content probably on Friday. It's going to be 2022 before you know it. My Michigan Wolverines are playing in the college football playoff. They got the Georgia Bulldogs on New Year's Eve. With a chance to go play for the national championship, most likely against Alabama. I cannot wait for that ball game. I can't wait to see Michigan hopefully do their thing. It's been an incredible football year in college. Our Lions are coming together, slowly but surely, once they hit this free agency class and our draft, I think we'll really be excited for what they got next year on the football field and actually have you know, six, eight, ten of their best guys that barely haven't played this year back on the football field. Drink it in, man. Side of cornbread. Cornbread. Make it a double. Cornbread. All right, everybody, I'll check you on Friday right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. I'm out. Drink it in.